Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Dark Plus Sepulchre Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and the MBR Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. I am your host, Nintendo, and with me, as always, are my very uh, chip tune musical cohorts, Parasite Steve. Use careful timing and teamwork to win. You have my support. Why, thank you. I need it. Welcome. And Aethan Alchemy. Long, long ago, there was a small and civilized country named Odessia. There was a land of peace and harmony where people helped their neighbors and life was happy and tranquil. But the symbol of Odessia's prosperity was the ancient and mysterious Aura Stone. The Aura was special because it controlled the power of the people's will. Whoever held the stone ruled the country and its citizens. But... One day, unfortunately, aliens from another world heard of the stone's magic. These were wicked men with evil powers of their own. They wanted the stone so they could dominate the people. However, one man saw this danger and hid the aura stone so no one could ever find it. Terror reigned as the aliens became masters of the dungeons and vented their aggression on the people. But wait, there's more. The king of Odessia saw the ruins of his once proud country and made a desperate plea for someone brave enough to defeat the aliens and retrieve the stone. One day, a visitor came to town and offered the troubled king his help. The king and his country placed their fate and only hope in this brave and gallant stranger. Thus, the search for the aura stone begins. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Are we recording? (laughs) <laughs> I got nothing. Perfect. Perfect. No one's got nothing. <laughs> no one got nothing. Because we have, because we have each other. We do. Yes, we have each other. Plus one extra. We yes. have a very special guest with us tonight. We have former co-host, also formerly known as Boss Rush Mode, now known as Synopsis Grim, also the world record holder for Section Z. Which is the uh, Greg? How, how many run. how many minutes was oh, that? I feel asleep. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you feel asleep. I felt fast. I feel asleep. Asleep. Uh, you know, I just um, yeah. I have a uh, the current section Z on the eight bit NES speed run record of thirty minutes fifty one seconds. Nice. And, uh, I almost I almost got a personal best the other day too, but you know didn't quite pan out. But still working on it. It's nice. Nice. So. 
Still it's amazing. Like now. the thought of because that would, that would just never be me on any game ever. So it's like so beyond me to even think of it. But it's like you know you're you're chipping down just like a second or a part of a second at that point. Yeah, so crazy. Oh, yeah, with a game like Section Z though, it is like forced scrolling. The 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 time saves you have is like you have to find the correct route because it's like a maze. Because you know mm-hmm. anyone who's played the game knows it's like you know you take multiple paths and it's not. It's not a straight A to B line all the right. way through, but each, each yeah. section itself right. is for scrolling, you know, beating the bosses fast, beating the generators fast, and just, you know, not dilly dallying and all that stuff. You know, this, there are time saves, but, you know, it's just once you get it down to like so far, it's like it's really tough to take advantage of those, whatever else you can cut time on. Right, for sure. Right. Yeah, you start like having to find little, you know, spots everywhere to save time. I love right. I love watching speedrunning. Um, it's like a skill I will never have either, but I think it's super fascinating because it's just like, you know, like any kind of like time trial sport, you know, any sort of athletic endeavor, but you're mm-hmm. just applying it to a game. And, uh, you know, it's something that I can get behind because it's like, oh, I know this game. I'm familiar with how it plays and seeing execution at like the highest level is never not amazing or satisfying to watch you know it's like oh yeah sure i played mario sunshine but also now i watch somebody you know just like blast through it in an hour and a half and get like you know all the stars or whatever it's amazing yeah yeah but yeah that's pretty cool cool. yeah all right so today's episode today's episode we are on themes from from a memory part five it's like our fifth one part set yeah, part V. <laughs> Our annual themes from a memory episode. Yes, and uh, in the past we've done uh, cartoons, we've done uh, sitcoms and whatnot, and today we're doing uh, video game title music. So this should be a lot of fun. And yeah, so for, for those who don't, for those who don't remember, or don't know, for new people, maybe you want to explain the theme a little bit more, like what what it is. So basically, you know, we're just doing, you know, like the title suggests, no themes from memory. So we're basically just playing like theme songs, right? From like TV shows or cartoons or in in this episode, it'll be video games. So it's just like just the, the title music, not like in game music. Like while you're playing, it's just the very very beginning before you even do anything. Right. You're just so, looking at the logo of the game, yeah. and it says wow. press start or push push run to play. Yeah. In yes. Tim's case. Actually, Yes, yes, 100% in my yes. case. And we, from my got, block, once you hear it. We've yeah. got a wide range of themes in this episode. Yeah. We got we got some NES, we got some Genesis, uh, PS1, TurboGrafx-16. This It's just amazing. Like It's going to be an awesome show. You guys will love it. Um, so I will start things off. So I will play my pick first. So let's get to it. Thank you. 
track you just heard was Shatterhand on the NES. Now it's going to be by oh. Okay, be prepared for my terrible uh, I'm prepared. Pronunciations They're of prepared, Joe. They're prepared. They know. <laughs> prepared. They know the deal. I, I have no idea how to mispronounce this. <laughs> Damn it, I said it right. Composed by Iku Mizutani and Hiroyuki Watasuki. Iku is credited on 60 games, including Dragon Fighter, Spanky's Quest. I just love that title. It's funny. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, Renegade for the Sega Master System and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Hiroyuki is, has also worked on a bunch of uh, games, uh, mainly uh, Pocky Rocky 1 and 2, Ninja Games for the GBA, Ninja Warriors, and Wild Guns. Wow. Hell yeah. Super cool. Natsume. Um, that's like serious fun. Stellar, stellar composer. Yes, yes. Uh, and then before that was Sunset Riders for the Super Nintendo, and that was composed by Motoaki Furuwaka, also known for games such as Castlevania Rondo of Blood, Castlevania 64, Snatcher, Blazing Chrome, which is more recent, oh my Sparkster, God, that's amazing. and Lethal Enforcers, and more. Wow. And then... So many great first, games. I like his work on more. I love mm. more. Yes, I, love I know. More. Oh, God. Such an unsung kind of game. About more. I love more. And the first song you heard was a theme song to Kirby's Adventure, and that was composed <laughs> by Hirokazu Ando, a veteran composer from HAL Laboratory. He joined the company in 1991, and since then has worked mostly in several titles in the Kirby series. He was also the sole composer for the first Super Smash Brothers and the sound director of Super Smash Brothers Melee. And since K Kirby's return to Dreamland, he has become the lead composer of the. Am I saying the same thing twice? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Uh, he's become lead composer of the Kirby series, where he often works with fellow composer Jun Ishikawa. Ando is characterized for his use of orchestral elements in most of his tracks, as well as some occasional live instrumentations. Mm. Delicious. Nice. Instrumentation. Instrumentation. <laughs> Instrumentate the right. Instrumentate the left. Instrumentate Instrumentate the song. <laughs> you know, Joe, you did pretty good with those Japanese names, I have to say. Not, not too I bad, I have to say. Honestly, I wasn't. I, w I wasn't prepared for for yeah. how well that went yeah mm. 
I mean, if any of them were, I have no idea how to mispronounce it. So he could could have been right, could have been wrong. I have no idea. Could have been wrong. Yeah. I mean, don't. I mean, if any of the rest of the show go through, so let's see what. If any of them were Nick Pericles, it would have been worse. It would have gone a lot worse, I think. Oh, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nick. Oh man! Well, those are some great freaking picks. What should we talk about first? All of them? Okay, oh <laughs> all at once. All of them? I mean, okay, a little so bit we'll, of everything, we'll, all of the time. All of the time. <laughs> so, uh, Shatterhands is yep. One, it is such a brutal game. It is, but holy fuck, that soundtrack all the way mm. through is just mm. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. The graphics are beautiful. Animation's fantastic. Like everything about that game is super awesome. I love the control it. is very, very tight. Yes. I have I love, just sat on I the, love the way that game controls. The the, yeah. the 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 stage select screen, I have just sat on that screen for mm. like hours and just like watched his coat below like the two or three frames for like (laughs) however long i could possibly stomach that song which is pretty fucking long because it's awesome and it's such a short loop but oh my god it's so good good. good. the soundtrack is super awesome and a truly truly awesome feeling game like you said just like the the weightiness of you and the punch and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's an awesome platform it's it's so fucking cool Yeah, and that's a game that's fun for a while before it gets to be like unplayably hard. hard. Like the last couple of levels are just just insanely hard. But the first bunch are the first first levels totally playable, and then you can kind of do a stage select and you can try certain. I mean, the the water level is so hard with the mines underwater. Oh my god, that level is so hard. But a lot of them are not so bad. And mm-hmm. stuff. I think about half that game is like totally doable, and the rest yeah. and the rest is like either very difficult, but you can stick with it and do it, or like it's like total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, right, for sure. But it's such an awesome game, and I I I don't know. I I like that in recent years, it seems like that game has gotten more respect in the community. A little bit, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> I I really feel like it was a game nobody even knew about for the longest time. It's definitely like, not talked why? about really never talked about yeah yeah it's a game that i would love to see remade kind of like with uh ninja warriors and wild guns yeah i mean i would I mean, love that man i mean sure. if they if they honestly did a new like you know kind of paint job and and added some you know extra stages or whatever um because i know that the like the european version of the japanese version of the game has like a totally different level like one of the levels is totally swapped. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like that would be cool if they included that as just like you know they all have it. The next stage. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be right. Sick. And like those little robots with the the three letters that you combine to make different robot helpers. Yep. You could just like yeah. Yeah. The, you could like make a bunch of new ones or something, yeah. or mm-hmm. maybe Not incorporate the suit a little bit better or something like the robot suit that you can get. Maybe you make that a little bit different. And you know, there's totally stuff you can do. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Maybe certain combinations wouldn't give you a robot guy, but would affect your playing. Like, would give you a double jump or a jetpack or, you know, something like that. Right. Bigger weapon. Oh. Right. There are plenty of ways to spin it. It'd be awesome. Or depending mm-hmm. on what, what robot you have, the, the power suit would be different. It would look different and play different. Mm-hmm. Be I'm cool. there. I'm there. I mean, I love the way that they did those remakes. For, uh, I mean, I don't even know if you can if they're just like a straight remake, but like you said, wild guns and the pocket yeah. and Rocky reshrined Ninja mm, warriors, yeah. like 
those have been tremendous. Yeah, like I've been really yeah. freaking good. And Pocky and Rocky was even a little different because, as far as I know, that was not a straight remake. It was like fifty percent a remake, and then once you beat level three, the game changes a lot. Hmm. That like right. is is very different way to do it. It's like oh, hmm. let's make it seem like a straight remake, and right. then have the story actually go totally different ways, totally different you know levels and stuff through the second half of the game, and yeah. have a bunch of new characters that weren't even in the original. So that really was like above and beyond. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's like the best possible bait and switch. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, kind of like the yeah. first, you know, 12 seconds of Blaster Master Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Like, oh, it's just the same game, right? Uh, definitely one of the best remake series, I think, is the Blaster Master Zero series yeah. of like yeah. old games. My God. This? Which is yeah, crazy. yeah, this, I know. Yeah, so I said like the series of the zeros yeah, yeah. is so good, Absolutely. so so damn good. Yeah, yeah. Really um, awesome. Sunset Riders. So yes. Arcade, oh and, yeah. And then pour it over to the Super Nintendo, and then the Sega Genesis version was like its own thing. Simple yeah. graphics, but it was like basically its own own thing. Yeah, it's um, kind of like what they did with uh, Turtles: The Hyperstone Heist, right? Like yes, there were some, yeah. there were like similar assets. Yeah, and they kind of like mismatch some like levels together, right? Like, but they kind of like, built their own game on, and then Trails in Time, and then some of just original levels and right. bosses too, which is really cool. I mean, both games are fantastic, but yeah. um, yeah, Sunset Riders. Oh my god, this game is so much fun. I love, I love run and gun games, mm -hmm. and just hmm. a Western run and gun game. So good. It's, I love it's so it. different. Yeah, and I was never like a person who thought, you know, cowboy stuff was my thing, but I loved this game from, you know, mm -hmm. minute one. It just had such a completely different vibe than any other game, really, that I had played. It's like, this is cowboy stuff, and the music 100% reflects it, and, like, just going around, and the bad guys are fighting and everything. Like, I was, like, just super into the game because of how different and novel it was yeah like yeah. oh man this is super freaking cool you know it's like one of those things are on paper it'd be like i don't know would i be into a cowboy shoot 'em up game like i guess so right but once you play it it's like oh yeah this is awesome yeah right and even today it's it's not a genre that is overly done in video games i mean there's only a handful of games even in the land when you know in a landscape where red dead redemption as a series is like one of the most popular games of all time like there still it aren't a, while a lot of it. to get there yeah I mean, there Red aren't a lot Revolver of like, came out and didn't really blow anyone's <clears throat> skirt up right it was a it was a matter where PS2. the sequel or the remake or whatever you want to call it is the yeah, thing that took off not the original yeah. just like street fighter same deal nobody gave right. a shit about street fighter one Street Fighter Two. Fighting I don't think, think anyone's even heard of Street Fighter One at the time. Like, it's, okay, Street Fighter Two just randomly just shows up. Like, hey, well, what happened to the first one? Who cares? The second one kicks ass. Yeah, I know that was totally <laughs> yeah. our friend group. Yeah, but I mean, same sort of thing. Like, but my point is, like, even now, you're not seeing a lot of imitators. Like, there's so many like fantasy and dark fantasy video games. There's like a billion and one, and they even feel they even feel unique. Like the series cut out their own genres in the genre and they cut out their little niches but like i don't know there's not that many western games like so yeah. it's interesting it's interesting that really was the one for like the 90s i guess like i, I don't even know another one right it's a couple yeah. on the nes but yeah yeah right yeah not a ton um i, I love the uh the the second one the mystic warriors 
So this yes. cool successor. Yes. I'm really yes. surprised that didn't come out at all. Not here. It came out in Japan and I think in England or something, but it didn't because the interesting thing, I remember we talked about this. This was my pick for once for some episode. I can't, I think with a ninja episode, um, it was like uh, all the, all the dialogues in English, but it, it didn't come out here. It came out in Japan and I think Europe, yeah, right. but all the spoken word dialogue is in English. <laughs> like that it's so weird. weird. Very weird. But yeah. Yeah. And of course the Kirby games, Mm. I mean, oh, man. they at this point have become like there's so many Kirby games now. I mean, yeah. you're at the point where you're sometimes getting three or four Kirby games in a year. It's, so it's insane. Um, but I mean, when I was when I was growing up and we had the NES, like Kirby's Adventure on the NES was definitely one of the first games that I was like, I love this game. I love this game. Mm -hmm. Like Mario Brothers 3 was definitely one of them, but there were not a ton of games on the NES that I would just pop in, you know, over and over again for the hell of it. And Kirby's Adventure was totally one of them. It was just yeah. so fun. It genuinely so fun. like fun to play around in, get different power-ups, you know, try different levels with different powers, just play around. Like I remember just getting the tornado power up or the high jump power up and just like goofing around and not even mm -hmm. really doing anything just playing around in the menu screens like the the little hubs of each level yeah. and um i don't know it just the music was so always awesome i mean every song in that game is so good and such like a unique mixture of like really crazy like upbeat hyper energy but also just like seeming like happy as fuck yeah. Like the music doesn't ever totally. feel like it doesn't feel like metal yeah. you know it doesn't feel like a guitar solo but the notes are going so fast and uh and i don't know it just has like this chaotically happy energy to it and it's it's so good it's super yeah. fun yeah i mean yeah. the nes one is definitely my my favorite kirby it's not and not just for nostalgia either it's just, it's legit my favorite i think it's like the best game out of all of them it is a good one it is definitely a good one. Um, the remake on the was it GBA? What had the remake? Game Boy Advance, Nightmare and Dream. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I mean, that's just the same exact thing, but superior. But I mean, yeah, yeah, that game is just so freaking good. I mean, I remember when that was coming out, I was so excited because uh, Kirby started on the Game Boy. Yeah. And so this was Kirby's Dream World. And Kirby's Dream Land was the original game, and that was the, the original Game Boy. And I remember the commercial being really cool, and it had this really great animated Kirby, and he's like, you know, eating all these creatures and stuff. And then he eats the kid. He eats the kid. <laughs> playing the game. He eats, he eats him. And eats him up, yum. And then there was a big bear out there, a real live bear, and he <laughs> ate the kids. He ate yes. the kid. And, uh, and he spits them out, and the kid's like all all gnarly and like bleh, bleh, and i didn't understand i'm like does it turn him into a gross monster I, which still doesn't make sense but i thought it looked awesome and i was i never had a game boy an original game boy so yeah. um when it was you know coming out for nes i was so freaking happy that there was going to be a kirby i could play and uh yeah i mean it quickly became one of my favorite nes games it really is so damn fun yeah for sure a lot of secrets too in that game. That that there there aren't a lot of NES games that have secrets like that, like exploration where you can, you know, you know, miss whole levels by not doing stuff. You don't need to 
reveal all of each each world that you're in you know you have to do certain things right. and uh that that alone like was really pretty novel at the time i think right. yeah and you get the replay value too it's like just trying so to go bad. back and like and get everything yeah it's just to complete the level yeah it feel kind of the same feeling i got from like super mario world yes you know later right where okay. yeah. where you know you're you're actually opening up new levels or trying to get to new spots and new levels and stuff and um and you feel like oh i'm i'm working on my quest i'm building my my game and i don't know that was just a fun thing to do i always enjoyed but yeah i mean it that honestly is probably the first game that really was like that i mean for yeah. me anyway i don't know if there's one before that that we're actually like expanding the world and you can go back to old levels and it's really really neat definitely a great game for sure yeah absolutely right. absolutely um all right so now we're gonna we're gonna move on we're gonna go to uh synopsis grimm's picks so uh it's gonna be a good one let's check it out
back, everyone. The last track you just heard was El Viento, which was on the Sega Genesis, and that was composed by Watoi Sakura. Here we go. Here we go. Sakura Ba. Sakura Ba. There we go. And she just let let him do it. Well, I'm the host. I should do it, right? I think we've done it both ways. No, he meant Matoy Sakuraba himself. He should come and do it. Yeah, get here. Yes. Why hear from the middle of composing the next uh, Star Ocean game or Dark Souls or whatever you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> right. And the track before Tales that up. was from Road Rash, and the song was called Rusty Cage by the legendary Soundgarden. And uh, the first track you heard on that was uh, the Unpacking theme from the game Unpacking, and that was composed by Jeff Van Dyke. 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 So tell us about these these games, sir. All right. So um, Unpacking is actually uh, quite an interesting game. I don't know if any of you have played it. I've never heard, never have, never heard of it. I've seen stuff for it, but I haven't played it. It's actually cool. It's, all right. I know we're on a retro podcast, and the game is not retro. It's fairly recent, but it's very retro-inspired. It's done in like a, the 16-bit NES-style graphics. Nice. The music, you know, reflects that. I mean, the theme itself is uh, like actual instrumentation, but it's got like enough electronic flair, you know, enough, you know, really calling back to like, you know, it, it's it's got retro vibes to it. Right. Yeah. So, um, That's cool. You know, but the game itself, I mean, it's, it's very aptly titled Unpacking because it's I did, at first glance, it just looks like a, a Zen little puzzle game where you just basically, you know, there's a whole bunch of boxes. You, you move into a house, you unpack them, and you just put them where they belong. But They've actually woven in a pretty cool narrative where, you know, as you, you go through along, I think the, the game itself spans about 20 or so years through this person's life as they move from, like, you know, a handful of different places. And just, like, p- paying attention to what you take, like, you know, what, what stays, what keeps returning through each move, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the different stages in life, you know, moving in with a significant other or like moving out for the, you know, getting your own place for the first time or moving into a college dorm or whatever. There's actually like, like a story that you get to unpack as it goes. Hey. <laughs> so it's actually, you know, and you, just, you see a whole bunch of like the items that the, the person has, like trinkets, like, you know, it looks like they're from different countries. So it, it, it infers that they do a lot of traveling. Uh, there's like, you know, hobby stuff. There's like, you know, handheld gaming stuff, like DVDs, movies, or whatever. I mean, the graphics are obviously like, you know, blocky 16 bit type. So you can't get super duper detailed with what they have. But it's some of the movies are like known enough that, okay, that's Donnie Darko. Okay. That's no mm. no doubt. That's what that movie is. Mm-hmm. You know, the color Sweet. scheme or just, you know, you see enough of what it is. And you can just infer more details as you go along, just, you know, through each move. And you just kind of keep a mental note of, you know, what keeps returning or what got left behind and stuff like that. It's actually a pretty, pretty wild game. It's uh, I haven't gone all the way through it, but I have like listened to like, you know, people like, you know, kind of go over the story of it on YouTube videos just so I can kind of just get, get the whole gist of it. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty, pretty unique way to tell a story without like having NPCs or like dialogue or cutscenes. I mean, there's like a yeah. diary that has like some text and a few, you know, a couple pictures here and there, but it's very light on those, those elements. It's really more observational storytelling. So right. I thought that was a pretty, pretty uh, neat way to that's go. That's very about cool. It. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And the game itself is fun. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you open this box, especially like the first couple of moves. Like, why are you you putting your shoes in with the pots and pans? What's going on here? You know? <laughs> uh, Just one yeah. of those unexpectedly satisfying, fun experiences that you never would have guessed. 
would right. be fun. And it, and it goes along like the um the um, the phenomena of like just chore simulators or with like lawn mm-hmm. mowing simulator or farming simulator or whatever or, or farm villa like like doing chores in real life is like soul crushing and like exhausting but doing them <laughs> in a video game is somehow relaxing and fun right like you know how much they suck in real life it does that but it hey it, it works <laughs> yeah. so, right super and, uh, weird, the composer jeff van dyke is actually uh, he's been in the the business for quite some time. He's uh, done quite a few games actually. He's done uh, a few NHL, like the mid and late '90s EA Sports NHL games, especially the the hard rock and theme of NHL '98, which uh, I kind of sort of knew, but it just the the uh, the name kind of fell out of my brain. And then you know, looking up the stuff you know for today's episode, I'm like, oh my god, that's right, Holy <laughs> crap, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, NHL yeah. 98. I know. Uh, one of my favorite themes, which I didn't put in this for, for whatever reason, but I've, you know, I think I got a good collection anyway. He also yeah. did like uh, <laughs> the first couple Need for Speeds back in the mid 90s. Um, he did a few EA sports, like, you know, cricket and rugby, for, like stuff like overseas stuff that didn't necessarily, necessarily come out here. Um, let's see. I know there was Alien Isolation, he did the music for. So yeah, he's and he, there's a whole bunch of games here that I've never even heard of, but you know he's he's got work you know dating back to 1993, so he's he's been in the biz for quite some time. Wow, yeah. yeah, veteran. And I actually I think he also did a, a couple of TV uh, soundtrack, well like just music for like TV shows. I mean nothing nothing recently. Uh, let's see here, um, Decisive Battles History Channel 2004. Time Commanders, BBC Two from 2003 to 2005, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that, right. that list isn't okay. so long. There's only like you know, five shows on here and the other three I haven't even heard of. But but he's, you know, he's he's dipped his toe in that, in those waters. Neat. So he's nice. very, very, very accomplished. That's right. super and cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. And the, the second one was uh, Road Rash, of course, that uh, Rusty Cage, a song made popular by the, as, as Joe stated, the legendary grunge band Soundgarden, coming from the album Bad Motorfinger. And, uh, yep. I mean, Soundgarden, I mean, I wasn't too huge into grunge. Well, yeah. I was going to say back 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 in the day, but really in, in any, you know, any day. time frame. But, <laughs> back but in, back in today. Not yeah, even back in today. Right, not like, even. Like at 2 o'clock or something. Right, exactly. Not, not even then. Not even, not even four hours ago or ten hours. <laughs> but, uh, but there are songs here and there that you know. Oh yeah, this is cool. And Rusty Cage is like such a great tune, you know. And yeah, it is. And that starting off, you know, you, you fire up, you know, the game on the old PS One. You get the cutscenes with like you know the bikers, you know, flying around, zipping past cops, fighting each other, and that that song just goes so well with the theme. It does. And it, yeah. it, it, just, it just gets you so pumped to play the game. And like um, Parasite Steve says, like you know, it's the thing you you hear before you even start playing, and it's like. That's the music. It's it's getting you fired up. You haven't even you know it's 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 getting you it's getting you primed, getting you primed right. for a good time. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh my god, this freaking, freaking game, dude. Womp. This yeah. freaking game. Oh my god. Yeah. We pl- I played it so much in the day with you only oh, yeah. because you were the one who had it, and you were like you were honestly the person that kind of introduced me to road rash period like i didn't really know anyone else who was into that series yeah. and I, I i feel like you talked about it 
even before that game came to PlayStation, because what was it for originally? Like the uh, there Sega? Was, there were three for the Sega Genesis. Okay. Which I played the crap on. Well, I didn't play much of the third one, but the first two I played the crap on of. Okay, so I feel like you talked about those a lot, but we yeah. didn't. Nobody had them, so like I, I don't think I ever played them. And then it came to PlayStation, and you were like, "Oh my God, there's a new yeah. Road Rash coming out! Oh my God, yeah. oh my God!" And like you bought it when it first came out, and like we yeah. played that to death. And those some of those songs, and uh, like I remember there was a. Uh, oh my God! Who is that? pop punk band that got really popular and the lead singer went, went on to be like a tv host what's that freaking band oh you know what i, I don't know uh i can't think of it guy with the spiky brown hair and oh uh and tattoos oh, oh um Joey, no not Joey, mark, no, mark not. mcgrath yeah mark mcgrath oh, mark what, what was the band what, oh, what was uh, the band oh because uh, they they had a they had a song on that soundtrack too uh, and, it, uh, and it was good Ray. it was like yeah yeah Sugar Ray, yes. Sugar Ray, yes. That's yes. Sugar Ray, and they had a song on on that song, or maybe it was the sequel or something. California, I think it was called. Oh yeah, it was like Sweet Home California, Sweet Home California. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah, it's weird because I I never knew it up until like you know maybe a couple years after I you know because they're they're popular songs like Fly. It's all like kind of poppy and whatnot, but they're kind of like a right like a like like a punk band punk, really yeah they started like, out I, punk yeah yeah and it's, it's weird because i just randomly i back in the 90s it's like a co-worker had an extra ticket to go see sugar ray and i was like you know what fuck it i'm not doing anything and i end up going i was like wow this was actually a really good time i was yeah it's, by the it's music. so weird how that's that so cool it's so weird how that happens i mean like, i didn't really I, follow the band much after that but i did have a great time at the show so right mm -hmm. yep yep and i've totally had those experiences so many times like yeah uh, it's, it's something about live music, but yeah, that, that is so like one of those games. Like I, I talk about certain games. I, I so link to Joe, like the original NES Godzilla and Ultraman for Super Nintendo and Maniac Mansion and Monster Party. And like, there's certain games that are like just the Joe games. And if I see them ever in life on the internet or whatever, I'm like, Joe and Road Rash is so, it's such a you game because right. like that's that's my experience it's my personal experience I, I link it completely to you i didn't play without you so yeah that was a fun that was a fun game for sure that yeah. uh the real nice slice of 1995 or whatever the fuck it was uh, 90, yeah, well that this, this version of 1994 but then the, the genesis came okay more, a little earlier but yeah 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 and uh Neat. I'm looking, looking up the uh, the rest of the uh, the soundtrack, and it's like I do remember a couple of these songs, like you know, band called Therapy, um, Swerve Driver, Soundgarden, of course. Um, was Rob uh, uh, White Zombie Monster Magnet? What's up? Was White Zombie in there at all? They were in Twisted Metal yeah, Three. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. I knew they were in some. some I, th I think I think I think it might have been Rob Zombie, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Maybe that was before he broke away. And I'm looking through maybe. the soundtrack. I don't see Sugar Ray on it. I know he was on one of them, though. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it was, was 3D. Yeah, maybe it was a sequel. Because this, the ones that came out after this one did feel like sequels to this. Because I feel like they kept the the same like portraits and yeah. the feel of it. I don't know. I guess it always feels the same. But yeah, right. <laughs> good, good times though. Definitely a series yeah. that just never gets any love. Right. right, right. I mean, it, they've tried to have a comeback recently with like Road Redemption, and there's a couple of games in that in that theme in that feel, but 
I mean, I've played them and they're just not good. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, it seems like bummer. It's such a weird thing. Like, why can't they make a good version for for modern consoles? It seems like it would be a no brainer, and it would right. be it'd be easy to make a good a good racing game on on bikes where you're fighting. I don't know. Like, you'd what's think. the problem, guys? Yeah, I don't know. I guess. You know, I mean, whatever it's that, whatever that concoction was. EA was nailing it back in the '90s, and it just uh, right kind of went away. Right. I mean, you know, you know, people love Mario Kart. Like, you know, this yeah. is just kind of like grown up Mario Kart, but without right. the projectiles. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, so I guess the spirit of vehicular combat's never going to die. But Road Rash itself, unfortunately, has uh, kicked the bucket. Yeah. Right. You know, it is what it right. is. Kick the gas it. can. That, that candle burned bright, but burned fast. Mm. Yeah, it did. <laughs> All right. And that third song, we're going to mosey on over to. The title theme to El Viento. Now, I'm not 100% sure if it has an, an actual name or not, but we're just going to call it the theme. <laughs> and that was, Works. Of, that was composed, of course, by Motoy Sakuraba, who has done, also done a ton of stuff, um, including a lot of games for, like the Tales of series, uh, Dark Souls, uh, Star Ocean, Shining Force 3. I'm just going scrolling down the list here. Tales of, oh, it's a Tales of game. Mario Tennis. Golden Sun. Golden Sun series, yo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie Profile 2. Oh, wow. shit. Let's see the... Some hard hitters. Super Smash Brothers Brawly. I guess he's credited with some arrangements on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it, there is just so, so much stuff. I think even Baton Kaitos, I think he did the music for. Okay, yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, that might be Yasunori Mitsuda. I don't know. Yeah. I see he's credited with some music with uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Music with several others, it says here. So that's yeah, pretty that cool. That a ton of people make the music uh, for it. Bravely Default, he's credited with the keyboards. Yeah. So that's that's neat. Uh, Fantasy Star Nova. It's like just and then this the, them yeah. It's just such a ridiculous amount of of uh, material he's got here. Wow. Um, yeah, he's definitely got a lot of great friggin' music with a whole bunch of different games. Um, another uh. Arcus Odyssey was one I wanted to mention. Yeah. Also, also Soul Feast and Soul Beast, which are really cool. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But uh, Arcus serious. Odyssey I wanted to mention because that's got what the greatest Genesis like intro cutscene, at least, that I've <laughs> ever seen. That that cutscene yeah. is just so ridiculous. And the fact that there was it was done on a Sega Genesis or Master or a Mega Drive is just blows my mind. It's so good. Yeah. And of course, you know, the music behind it is really great too. And it's I think that game, like, literally has like the best uh, stage uh, character select music. Rather, it's like it's like way too good to be for a, a character select, but they must have just had the, like, the cache of music. Like, okay, we haven't used this song; we're, we can't not use it. Let's just stick it here. <laughs> it's right. too Cause sick. Normally, yeah, because normally you you know you take what three or four seconds to select the character, and the and the song goes for like over a minute, and it's like ridiculously awesome. So you want to hear the entire the entirety <laughs> of it. Right, you're like you right. wrote a whole fucking song for like a 10 second transaction. Right, what is going on? Yeah, but that, but yeah, that's no, why, I, that's why right. I think it was just like they just decided like, oh, well, we yep. have this song here, we got to use it somewhere. We're not gonna just not use it. Right, it's characters so. like music now. Yep. So right. yeah. Oh man, Time Gal, yeah. Ernest Evans, Road Avenger. That's that's pretty fun. Oh, isn't that the one that's like a. No, is that the one that's like a pre-rendered like cartoon? Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. It's like a yeah race car. Yeah, race car dragons there on crack. Okay, 
Oh yeah. wow! I don't, yeah, I don't know I've, that game I've, at all. I've seen some stuff. It's so well animated. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Road Adventure. Well, I mean, I'm, I've never played the game, but it's. I mean, I, I hear it's not super great, but it, it is what it is. It's a different. It's neat. And it was a yeah, Sega CD. The Sega CD is like just. It is what it is. It's a footnote in time. I, I wanted to love the Sega CD more than I did, but like, yeah, I, I like. I'll, there are a few games I do like on it, legitimately. But like, man, I wanted to like that so much more. Yeah, right? I just can't though. I can't think. Good I games. know. I think that was everybody. It, yeah, yeah, and the thirty two X two. You know, they yeah. they tried. You know, Sega Sega tried, tried some stuff things. over over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know. They at least they that. got, you know, they went on out on a high note with the Dreamcast, at least, mm-hmm. as far as console stuff goes. I mean, I there were there were good games on the Dreamcast. There were good games on the Saturn. You know, they yeah, just yeah, they somehow were. just they couldn't they couldn't have the longevity uh, with those systems. Yeah, they well, just well, I don't know. Sony came why? along and crushed everyone. So yeah, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah, two ninety nine. <laughs> that's the beginning of the end for Sega. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Two ninety nine. Yep. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest mic drop moments in like video game history. Yeah, yeah that is true. That is true. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, nice. yeah, hopefully, uh, people enjoyed those songs. You know, retro inspired and a couple more like more true retro. And I thought, um, you know, it's just. The music plays such a huge part in like your video game experience and just like starting off with great tunes like that just just gets the ball rolling on a positive note yep right yeah absolutely and like the title screen specifically i mean that's your first experience pretty much right like i mean there might be there might be an intro song like for like an intro movie or something like that that might play first but there's something about that title screen you're always going to hit it you cannot skip it you have to get there and then press start to play the game. You have to hear some of it. And even if it's just Unless a few seconds mashing. every time. Unless you're like, <laughs> mashing the button, you're like, get me back. Right, but in general, <laughs> no like, I think that. most people liked it and heard it, you know, oh, heard yeah. the title screen for a few seconds anyway, if not like more than a few seconds, if they just let right. it sit just there. But ingrained in your um, freaking head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, as opposed to like level six, you might not hear level six this playthrough, you know? And, right. Or it ever. just becomes forever. <laughs> yeah. Forever, right. Yeah. yeah. And, but that title screen just becomes like the thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. Good stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. It's about that time. We're going to take a short break. But before we do that, we have something for you guys to octoponder. Do we? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So we posted this question to you guys oh, on my. Facebook and we'll be, well, not reading, we'll be playing some of your 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 picks and uh i guess we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna respond because we already had our picks and uh yeah so stay tuned hi i'm patsy the angry nerd lover of science and sharks and i'm ashes von nightmare the real housewife of transylvania and mistress of merlot and, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of, of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. 
Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see see you you next next Thursday. Thursday. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. (laughs) Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. And we're proud to be a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. That's right. You can join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Welcome back aboard, everyone. Before we took a short break, I failed to ask you, <laughs> mention what the question was, which was, uh, <laughs> which was, what's your favorite title screen music? And uh, so we'll uh, we'll start the, this very long, long uh Block. How long? How long is this block? I think this, this block is a little over eleven minutes. Oh my God! Buckle up, half y'all. Hours long. I, and I had to cut some in half. So <laughs> don't worry. I will. I will do a separate episode where I will play all of them in full. So we only. I only cut it down. Be, just make sure the episode doesn't last like five hours long. So uh, <laughs> as it sometimes feels like, I'm sure. So uh, yeah, let's get. Here we go. It. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs>
enjoyed that oh, 11 minutes of god i'm i am i'm spent 11 I'm minutes spent. in heaven am i right yeah oh, yes. all right mm-hmm. block and spiel 
Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the last track you heard was the theme from Street Fighter 2, the arcade version. And that was requested by our good pal, Steve Setti. Donkey Kong Country, requested by Josh Nealis. And then we had Wing Commander, requested by Scott Clevenger. And then we had Banjo-Kazooie, requested by Jeremy Jackson. Hell yeah. Mega Man 2, of course, gotta have gotta have a Mega Man in there. Requested by Dan Bobek. Oh, one of the best. Oh yeah, so good. Double Dragon from the NES, requested by our very good pal, Adam Letourneau. Techno Bowl was requested by our very, very special friend, PJ Ray Hall. That's a good one. That's a a great thing. He's a special friend of ours. So special. Techno Bowl. And then Dark Cloud 2, requested by Berkiel Fenard. Our buddy Lake, Lake, Lake Yaren from, Dope, from Iceland. Yes, our favorite Icelandic human. Our Luke favorite Icelander ever. Yes, yes. And then we had Persona 5 requested by Barry Abraham. Abraham. The Legend, the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past requested by Colleen. Very good pick. Yes. And we started off this adventure with the theme from Skyrim requested by Rachel Leiter. Yes. Such kicking it off with Skyrim so epic. Yes. Such an epic theme. Such a, every this single is one of these tracks are really good. Very good block. Very, yeah, very, very, very good block. Strong as hell. But the only ones that were new to me, well, there was a few that were new to me, but I ended up really loving them. But Persona 5, yeah. Dark Cloud 2, Mm-hmm. And um, Wing Commander, I had never heard before. Yeah, yeah, same here. Same here. Those were all awesome. So thanks, guys. And the other ones were just like, I mean, just total classics. I mean, like, yeah, what a freaking block. Honestly, honestly, I'm really surprised we didn't hear like any obvious choices. Well, more obvious choices, like maybe uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 or Super Mario World. Uh, you no know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I guess Yeah, but no, I I love it was a good it was a good mix of classics and some deep cuts, which is the best possible kind of block. So absolutely a mega block. Totally. Banjo Kazooie make it in there. Yeah, no. Everybody loves that game, but nobody like shouts out. I've oh, never actually fun. played that game. You should play. Oh, that game. Uh, oh, eight bit, and I played that fun. hell out of that. Yeah, the first it, one, it's anyway. Really, really yeah. good. And and the the music um, by Grant Kirkhope is like mm-hmm. so fucking good. And his soundtracks always just have so many various different instruments going on. It's like and weird sound effects too. Amazing. Like he, yeah, like he uses like bleeps and blops and, and bongs and, like, and yeah, bonk, weep, bonk, and right? Just, like, like as all, as instruments. Like, Wacky shit, yeah. and um, yeah, the Banjo Kazooie title theme is just so fantastic. Yeah, I was I was also really happy that Josh Neilis picked Donkey Kong Country. I think that's I think that's so one of the best. Strong, it's so. Strong. I think it's one of the best. He also mentioned Halo, but I'll do that the the other jukebox nice. episode. But yeah, Donkey Kong Country, and and honestly, that soundtrack is amazing. It's like oh, yeah, so absolutely. so, you know, Congo Bongo, uh, you know these this rhythm and beat that 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 game has. Um, but that song, that title song, is my favorite song in the game. Like yeah. it's, it is, it's very iconic. so goddamn good. Yeah, yeah it's so, very, very yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah, David Wise. Big Man Two is just so 
Mm. Yep, it's easily it's one of the greatest list. of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone knows sure. it. For yeah, sure. everybody. Knows Mega that. Man Two does have. I I don't know if Mega Man Two is my favorite Mega Man soundtrack or not. It's really great, but I it it's just hard to beat the the title screen and that first Wily stage. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. it's those are the best those two are Mega two Man songs monsters. ever. Yeah, they're, they're just the best right two there. songs. Yeah. Period. So it's like it's, it's just the most color. covered that- video game soundtrack ever. Like oh, no yeah, game no has doubt. not even fucking Undertale. I don't even care. Although probably actually close. But Mega Man Two for the longest time was like the game. If you were gonna do video game covers, you are doing Metal Man. And it's like that's uh that was just so indicative of it being like a legendary soundtrack. And I mean, yeah. it's funny because it was the one Mega Man game I didn't have growing up we had like all the other ones um but that one the soundtrack is so known it's kind of weird yeah Yeah. i almost made i almost made one of those memes where like half of it is like the person holding up the sign with the the phone saying your music saved me and then the second part of it is like the title screen of mega man 2 there you go (laughs) yep totally totally absolutely yeah Nice. Music in uh, Double Dragon is really good too. It really yes. is, especially that yes. title theme. That title theme oh, is that yeah. amazing. Oh my god! Yep. And Tecmo Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's a great one too. Great for a football awesome. game. It has no business having awesome music. <laughs> yeah, Tecmo really did a great job with the. I mean, and the music is. I mean, for reasons because you know each play is like very fairly short, so the loops are short too. But obviously, they can kind of go nuts with like the theme, like the ending theme as well, which is right. also really good. Right. Uh, yeah, and Tecmo Super Bowl, same thing. Those are you know great intro, you know, just and just great music throughout. Either as short as the loops are going to be for a game of that nature, but yeah, Tecmo right. was just on, on their game like in like the early you know late eighties, early nineties. Tecmo was just knocking it out of the park. So right. cool. Not with baseball, but <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Obviously. With football and ninjas, absolutely. <laughs> right. Knocking all those ninja home runs. Yeah, Dark Cloud Two. I've never played the game, but uh, that song is pretty. I long. can't say I've played it either. You know, I I have it on my PS4. I bought it when I saw that it was available, and then never played it. And here it's so many games in my <laughs> PS2 like that. Yeah, so I was like, like, like all my friends us. love it. Yeah, it's like I was like, in an RPG kick, so I bought like almost every PlayStation One RPG for the you know for my PS3, and I've played like one of them. Yeah, right. But you see how cheap the classics are. You're like, but they're like two dollars, yeah, man. But the, yeah, Fuck. exactly. Dude, I could, I could, I could buy fucking Vagrant Story for two dollars. Why am I not going to buy that? And then yeah, you're like, right. oh, I played it. Yeah. Um. Right. But yeah, that totally happened. Dark Cloud Two is a game that a lot of my friends love. My buddy Garrett loves it, and um, a few other people have mentioned it to me over the years. And like, I don't know, a lot of people like mentioned that as like their first kind of uh, step into like anime aesthetic games and stuff like that and i'm like wow that's so crazy like i just totally missed me but i, I would like to go back and check that out very cool theme song very like yeah. folky and uh in kind of irishy sounding it's cool right right yeah another series i'm not familiar with is persona <laughs> i mean Persona's pretty cool played, I've never it's pretty cool ever yeah, yeah, so many people like lose their shit over persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> they do well, i mean basically every persona 
like starting with four, which I know is stupid to say because it's two, but like it feels like it's been a really goddamn long time of people being obsessed with Persona, and it's like because of Persona four and then five. Three was cool, but it didn't make the mainstream. It was a little too edgy. That's why they're doing a remake of it uh, now. But yeah, Persona four and five, damn. If you do nothing else with those games, just listen to the soundtracks. They're very cool. They're very, very cool. Yeah. I've, I've played a little bit of uh, one of them, or, or like at least one of them was on the on Game Pass. So I think it it might have been five. I'm not 100 percent sure. I played about an hour of it. It didn't really grab me, but the music was great and like the art style is just freaking amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. the the menus style. and the UI and like how everything yeah. just flows. It's, it's got yeah. so much freaking style. It's it cool. really does. It's it's, it's it, you can tell it was done with like love. Yeah, like oh, intense yeah. amounts of artistic creation for so, that. Like just for like you know hitting pause. It's really cool. Yeah, it is, it's. I mean, I, I I definitely appreciate it. I mean, unfortunately, like I said, I didn't really get into the game itself. But right, man, you you can tell that they really put their hearts into it, and I can mm-hmm. I can definitely appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past needs no the, intro. Needs no right. intro. Right. I mean, every every track in that game is gold. Yeah, I mean, I, so obviously good. the the title theme is is like it's it's got so much entrance, you know. It's like it's friggin' right. trumpets of a king, you know, walking into his courtroom. It's so like this is the occasion of the fucking year. Is this Zelda game? Uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Very yeah. memorable. I mean, Nintendo was always good with like picking composers for certain games and it just fits like this mm-hmm. it's the game yep yeah the style in the in the sound font that 8-bit's always talking about that is such a thing that the i real love term. companies yeah, real term, like, real term right but yeah. like it is so cool like once you pointed that out to me it's like that is a total thing that i was subconsciously picking up but unable to point my finger at and like understand yeah. like until you actually like point that out that like mm-hmm. a sunsoft game sounds like a sunsoft game a konami game sounds like konami capcom sounds like capcom like there's so many companies that just carve their own you know niche into into this this landscape of like what makes a soundtrack what it's like okay yeah it's the composer but it's also the way it sounds and that's yep. like uh, that's yeah, like yeah. the well what fake instruments could you come up with <laughs> yep. Right. And then they had their sound team use them over and over again. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. if you hear the the lead guitar sound effect that Capcom used during the Super Nintendo, you can recognize every single one of their games. And you know, it's like whether it's Mega Man X, whether it's X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, like Capcom was on that shit for that that guitar sound and they just like had it. And, you're, and it's just identifiable. It's like, oh, this is a Capcom soundtrack for sure. Like, I don't know. Cause, because back in the day, it wasn't like you downloaded patches of, of instruments from the internet. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is somebody made this and everybody uses it. It's like most people who made soundtracks, like, um, you know, uh, for, for like the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo and shit like that, like they had to create their own instruments. You know, they had to record something, make a sample out of it. If it was the Sega Genesis, you had to program their own your own sound wave and, and you know, use the, the FM synthesis to make an instrument. Like it was a craft. 
it wasn't just I can write music. It's also like I can sound engineer. Like mm-hmm. I can make my instruments and then go from there. And that's why like the soundtracks to Donkey Kong Country are insane because David Wise like took samples of so many different things, but found a way to reduce the amount of space that the cartridge needed. And so then he was able to have like this amazingly awesome sounding library of instruments on the Super Nintendo cartridge because he's fucking smart. Like it was because he figured out how to do it. And that's why those soundtracks sound amazing. You know, it's it's impressive. Right. It's really cool. That era of composing is just totally my favorite. It's so, so interesting. Right. And that was your 8-bit minute. <laughs> yes, that's a bonus 8-bit minute for you. Not even, not even what I'm going to do later, which is not that. Uh, yes. Uh, and Skyrim is a, a game I've never played before, but I've heard so much about. And I don't know, from what I've heard with the music, it's top notch. It's so good. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, music, like I mean, a very theme epic so sound. You know, it's just huge, mm-hmm. larger than life. I, I, I'm certainly, uh, you know, I'm a total stranger when it comes to Elder Scrolls. I've not played any of them, um, and Skyrim's no exception. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people love the games, and mm. total credit where credits due. It's very, very awesome music. Absolutely. All right, so thank you guys so much for participating in this week's yeah. uh, so-called Octoponder. And uh, for those of you who still want to participate, it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octoponder. This, which was, what is your favorite? video game title screen music and you can reach us in our popular facebook group which you really should it's an awesome place uh also on twitter at redoctopus or you can always email us at redoctopus at gmail.com we would love to hear from you guys and please if you like what we're doing leave us a, a little review or a rating on our host site just search pinecast retro redoctopus and thanks yeah. again for those awesome ponderings and without further ado let's get to the second half of the show yeah Yes. So we will start with 8-Bit Alchemy's pick. So let's do it.
Apid Alchemy's block, and we ended that block with Soldier Blade on the Temple Graphics 16, which I have to say, I love me some Temple Graphics. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. And I'm so glad, Apid, you picked all Temple Represent. Graphics. Represent. Representing. <laughs> Crunchy as fuck. Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. So that was composed by Kita Hoshi and Makio. Tenny Fuji. I suck at this. <laughs> you're doing great, honestly. I'm, 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 I'm like, you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, then before that, we had the amazing Airzog composed oh my by God. Daisuke mm-hmm. Moshima and Musashi <sighs> Matsushita. This game soundtrack is just in so my good. DNA. It's, it's fuck yeah. It is right mm-hmm. out there as Joe, one of my favorite TurboGrafx games of all time. Yeah, you, Joe, you played this game almost like every time every you came time to my house. This yeah, is more, this is a Nintendo a game. Like that you were just even saying it was, like games you associate yeah, with people. Even though this it was is a yeah. ours, even though it was our game, but Joe came over and every time for like years he would just want to play Airzonk. and he, we, we would just happily watch him. And yeah. it's like, sure, 
layers so on whatever and the, the, and the freaking the music de- demons uh demons crush or devil's crush devil's crush yes. yep. devil's crush yeah. that was oh one my god the last two. yes so definitely yeah there were yep. some there's some gems but oh my god the music yeah. in air Zonk is amazing absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely oh hell yeah we start off that block with dungeon explorer which april out me was brave enough to recite the entire dialogue <laughs> if you've been wondering if you've been wondering for an hour and six minutes what the fuck i was talking about at the very beginning obviously they have they're still they're it dying is. to know well i mean there's one person out there who's played turbo graphics 16 touch explorer and knows exactly what i'm talking about it's like about. the space jockey of this episode they're like well i want to know more about that guy they're like what the fuck was all that <laughs> yeah the intro of uh of dungeon explorer so good so good and that was composed yes. by sukasa Masuke. Mikasa. Mikasa. Just kidding. Mikasa. I'm just I'm just laughing because his name is Sukasa. Mi- it, Mikasa. Yeah, it's really weird, yeah. And that sounds like a Japanese name yeah. too. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about your, your picks. Um okay, so I'll do it from the, the chronological order that you heard them. So starting with Dungeon Explorer, um, mm-hmm. composed yeah, by Sukasa Masuko. Like uh just a, just I kind of a quick blur about each composer and then I'll just talk broad strokes about the game. Um so Sukasa originally worked for Tecmo and later Atlas, composing music for many of the Shin Megami Tensei games, which for those of you who are not initiated uh the persona games are spin-offs of shin megami tensei games uh and they're all about like demon summoning and the world ending like but with pokemon because you can like catch the demons and then fight with them um they're fucking awesome they're fantastic uh so a lot of the shin megami tensei games which honestly i learned that today made so much sense because i love the dungeon explorer soundtrack and like i said before it is crunchy af like it's just got this like really like just satisfying buzz that like the chip tuniest fucking chips like crunchy chips and uh man i love that sound that sound font and that's totally reflected in a lot of the shin megami tensei games and i'd never put two and two together uh, so that makes so much sense. Um, but also, he worked on not just exclusively composing, but sound composing and doing some different engine work on uh, the the sound engine for Little Samson on the NES, uh, Bonk's Adventure on the TurboGrafx-16, and uh, Random Hail Mary to the one of the most hated games on the N64 that I really love is uh, Quest 64. Um, oh, weird! Randomly yeah. also worked on that game, oh, as well as a ton of other games. Um, but I love yeah. Tons of- games i love the games is one of my favorite games um but dungeon explorer is just a really simplistic overhead dungeon crawler game um play it with up to like six people or four people at least i remember it supported the multi-tap and you could get you know one to four players all choosing whether you want to be thief cleric mage uh witch whatever all these different classes um and you just had to go on a quest to save the kingdom of Odessia from aliens, apparently, uh, which was the phrasing that they chose for the intro. You know, not demons, not monsters, just aliens. They're, they're aliens. aliens. They're they're from somewhere else. Um, so really fun game. Excellent soundtrack, top to bottom. And good lord, does that title theme live in my head rent free? I think about that title theme so often subconsciously i force it every even, month when the rents do like <laughs> it's 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 not that clockwork but like pretty freaking regularly and it's honestly 
it's got so much weight, you know, the bone, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's got just dun, like this dun, really, you know, you can picture it being like a flute yeah, yeah. being played. It's very, oh, very God, like man. fluty. So um, oh my God. It's, it's so evocative. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that intro so damn much. And that was one, um, like the Shatterhand title screen or, uh, stage select screen in that one but you could just leave the game on the title screen and it would loop that intro forever <laughs> and that was as good of a sound test as i needed um so that was really fun um but yeah love dungeon yeah. explorer also uh love dungeon explorer on the other uh systems as well although we won't talk about those but i can't not mention dungeon explorer and not mention the sega cd version and how the item that healed you in that game was literally called a food potion. And you pick it up, and the narrator of the game just goes, food potion. And he's like, hmm. Like, he, like, makes like, these, like, broth? cartoon eating noises. Like, like, if you walked over a, a piece of steak, it's like, hmm. And if you walk mm. over a food potion, he's like, food potion. And the sound effects were so stupid. Weird. But I'm like, what the actual hell is a food potion? Like, well, just drink it. It's food. Like, isn't that <laughs> soup? It's good for it's, you. It's, it's, it's just drink it. It's good for you. It's food. For your health. Um, but yeah, that's that's Dungeon Explorer on the Sega CD. Uh, um, but moving on from Dungeon Explorer, uh, we have Air Zonk, part and parcel with Nintendo, the human. Um, <laughs> I remember there was one time when I was really little, Joe, that you came over and uh, were babysitting me. And I was probably like 10, but I'll, I just remember we just like booted up the Turbo Graphics and, and you went through Airsonk. Like, distinctly remember that. It was just like, <laughs> I saw it in action because I'm like, I know Joe can beat this game. And like, you just like <laughs> sat down and beat Airsonk. I was like, wow, holy shit. Totally do it. Too bad you were young enough. I just give like the second troll of like, yeah, you can play along too. You know, right. You want to play a game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, but Airzone composed by Daisuke Morishima and Hisashi Matsushita. Um, Daisuke was a little bit harder to find information on, but I know that he uh, helped programming uh, for Twisted Tales of Spike McFang. He also did some oh. sound design for Summer Carnival 92. Um, not Rekka, though. It's called Summer Carnival 92 Alzadik. I don't know that game, but I know um, Summer Carnival 92 Rekka is like a really celebrated vertical shooter on the NES. Um, yes, yes, that that's, that is that's like one of the most loved. It's loved. so it's so fun. It's so like a game I never even heard of for the longest, longest, longest time. Yep, it's a wicked fun game. Yep, it's hard. Uh, the, only other composing thing I could see uh, is that on the Turbo Graphics there was a game called Koryun, Child of the Dragon, which I think was a Japan-only game where you played as like a little cutesy green dragon, and it was like a horizontal shoot 'em up. Um, okay. And then I there's another that game. game. It was very very fun. We played that on uh, Magic Engine. I yeah, remember. for Turbo Graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great game. Yeah. That was very yeah. very cute. <laughs> it was a cute 'em up. It was totally it was a cute 'em up. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really I couldn't find a whole hell of a lot. Uh, and then the other composer, Hisashi Matsushita, um, did uh, also work on the Twisted Tales of Spike McFing as a composer, which I know I said in you know 
just now as if it's a thing that you would maybe know. But obviously, I fully understand if you have no idea what the heck the Twisted Tales of Spike McFang is. It's just something that I have in my zeitgeist because i used to rent the game all the time but it was a super nintendo game that was very similar to zelda where you had like a top-down exploration adventure kind of game but you played as like this little little guy spike mcfang who had a blue cloak and like a blue top hat and he could attack by spinning around or you could hold down the button to like levitate your hat and throw your hat uh it's really cute it's very 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 charming and kind of kind of difficult um but yeah anyway um there was some some rumors earlier this year that they were going to be randomly remaking the twisted tales of spike mcfang and i lost my shit and i'm like there's literally no way this would ever happen but if there's any chance that Twisted Tales of Spike McFang might trend on Twitter. I have to do my part. <laughs> so I like posted a, a post just just singing the praises of that game because I'm like literally said no one ever Twisted Tales remake. Uh, yeah, so obviously that has not been um, confirmed. Uh, but anyway, uh, Airzonk back to the game at hand is a really bizarre singular like cyberpunk uh dystopian future cartoony horizontal shooter and you kind of play as a caveman boy who's now a robot and makes friends with dump trucks and uh like uh, like mummies and dump trucks and mummies and like a cactus man yeah right i mean basically directed by hideo kojima would just be an appropriate subtext (laughs) right it's off the walls, but a really cool game and very, very awesome. unique soundtrack on the TurboGrafx-16. All it's, on, it's on the Mini, too. Which yes, is which is arguably not easier to get than an original TurboGrafx, but still cool. Um, super cool. Yeah, yeah. super duper cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you couldn't not have a Turbo Mini and not have that. Um, and so then the, the last game of the block... Uh, is Soldier Blade, which is actually a game I have really not played a lot of. I've only played the first couple levels. I have never owned the game. Uh, but my god, the soundtrack is so good. It's yeah. like, it's not crunchy, it's like buzzy. But it's like ASMR buzzy. It's like It, it just like gets your brain tingling in the best way. Um, composed by Keita Hoshi and Makiko Tanifuji, Keita has worked on sound for a lot of games at Hudson. Um, for those of you who don't know, Hudson Soft was the company behind the TurboGrafx-16. So a ton of their main big good games were from Hudson on that console. Uh, but worked on Bomberman, Soldier Blade, and later, way, way later, uh, the Mario Party games actually all started to be made by Hudson as well. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, crossover there with the music. And then Makiko Tanifuji has fewer... Uh, credits that are out there on the interweb, uh, but did do music for Ninja Gaiden on the PC Engine, as well as Bomberman 93, nice. which is like a celebrated Bomberman game, from what I understand. I understand that's one of like that's the one favorites. Of the kangaroos, is that 93? I think that's I correct. I think it is. I think it yeah, is. I think where you could ride like green correct. kangaroos. That could be. That Boy. could maybe be. Um, I'm not a Bomberman expert, uh, but it's definitely, definitely a classic one. I know that. Uh, yeah, but Soldier Blade, uh, it's a vertical shoot 'em up. You're in a you're in a spaceship, 
and you're blasting stuff and the music is real good, go put it in your ears again a second time. Right. And third time. And more. And do more. more. I love Mm -hmm. it. That game is so good. It's so good. But yeah, I don't know. That's what's up. That's what's up. That was what was up just now and forever. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's Uh, new. Dungeon Dungeon Explorer uh, reminds me of Gauntlet. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it's 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 yeah. like exactly it's like Gauntlet Legend. Game. Yep. So got down, yeah, that's a really cool game. They they made a sequel too. There's a second mm-hmm. one. They sure did. And they made, yeah, well, the Sega CD one that yeah. you were talking about, and yep. um, then there was a Duo one as well. That was, and that I think the Duo one was is that the Dungeon Explorer two? No, that's Dungeon Explorer two. Um, the Crystal Beans from Dungeon Explorer oh, is a Japan-only uh, Dungeon Explorer game for the Super Nintendo, and it's oh. excellent. It's excellent. It's really, really good. Um, really, really good. Really, really we, we got great. to play Eight uh, Bit and I. We did get to play a little bit of Dungeon Explorer Two for the Turbo Graphics Duo. At yep. one, there was a time that we had found a way to uh, emulate the Duo a long time ago. And it was not super easy, but yeah, that you had to like burn the disc. And then I remember we, we actually had to like make physical discs, burn the disc and then put it in the CD drive boot from the drive. Right. And boot. Yeah. And it was, um, it was awesome. Like we loved it. We, we didn't get to play through it like we intended, but I, I way back in the day on the turbo graphics, the physical original, cart i played through the original dungeon explorer and beat it and loved it and uh it's such a simple game like gameplay wise it's not like i mean you could you would be forgiven to say it was shallow and boring i mean Mm -hmm. but i don't know there's just something about it that i just enjoyed and i just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it and there is actually a secret character in that game because yes. you get to you get to choose from a whole ton of different characters that are all different. You know, it's they're just classes. That's like, oh, do you want to be the warrior, or the dwarf, or the elf, or the wizard, or you know, like that kind of stuff. But um, there is a secret character that's the princess, and she's like the best character in the whole game. And there's a a way that you can unlock her. Uh, there might have been a second secret character. I sort of feel like there was a hermit. You there unlock. is the guy. He was invisible in his house, and you had to fight him while he was invisible. But if you dealt enough damage and defeated him, he joined you, and you could you mm. could play as him. And I think that was the hurt. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun, fun game. Fun game. Yeah. Good stuff. Fun game. Uh, Arizona also had a sequel too, and it sucked. Yeah, it was really different. It was, terrible. It was not what you wanted. Not at all. It was all rockabilly and weird, and the graphics yeah. were worse. And it was on stronger hardware. It was like, what happened? Yeah, why does why is it right. look and sound worse? Why does it, yeah. it look worse? Sound worse? Why is everything worse? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stick with the first one. All right, so those are awesome picks. So thank you so much for that. And now we are on to Parasite Steve's blog. So let's give that a listen.
are back, and that last track you heard was Mega Man 3 on the NES, like, arguably, like, the best Mega Man game of all time. Such um, a good one. Such a good one. Composed by Yasuaki Fujita? Yasuaki Fujita. Okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, before that, we had... X-Men Mutant Apocalypse on the Super Nintendo, like one of the best X-Men games out there. And that was composed by Setsuo Yamato, Yamam, Yamamoto. Yamamoto? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and the first song you heard was the classic Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. And that was composed by Jun, Jun Funash, Fun, <laughs> Funahashi. Funahashi, thank you. Well, nailed it. <laughs> All right, I nailed it. All right, uh, Parasite, tell us about your picks. Okay, so I will. So, just kind of funny the way it turned out. Like the first block was Nintendo, and you picked an NES, and then a Super Nintendo, and then an NES, NES yeah. and then mine's the last one. And I happened to do and the same exact thing. I had no idea. So like, it's kind of funny that we like started and finished with NES, Super NES, and NES. Um, so yeah, um, it's good bread. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, delicious. Who gives a who gives a shit about that? Actually, no, the bread does make a good sandwich. You know, the bread does make the sandwich. Yeah, I was gonna say who gives yeah. a shit about the bread. I love it's you all, know, I'm, filling, I'm but... on pan, I'm on pans hold it's on good bread. I'm on pain. I'm on pain. Uh which is Algonquin for the good land. Um <laughs> So the first one is TMNT for the NES. This game is so famous. It's infamous. Uh, as Joe said, composed by Jun or Jun Funahashi, uh, who worked on many Konami games. So a lot of these people, what they did was they were kind of like the in-house composers. They, they, there was, you know, sometimes there would be, I'm sure there are examples of crossover going from company to company, but I think that most people were just these in-house composers. They just worked for that one company on various projects. And so it's not like they were like a, you know, a freelance, you know, like it is today. It's a little bit different, but this guy worked on many Konami games, including the adventures of Bayou Billy, various tiny tune adventure games, including the super Nintendo, Nintendo. Uh, I think, I don't know about the Genesis one, Castlevania three, Dracula's Curse, and oh. even the original Castlevania, you know, for the Famicom, Akuma Joe, Akuma Joe Densetsu. Um, so, yeah, this guy actually has created some insanely classic stuff. I mean, the Castlevania series, um, you know, obviously we didn't pick any because I think we've covered Castlevania so much on the show, especially in the early seasons. But, like, we love those games, and we are big fans of the music. So it's, it's really cool Uh you know, that this guy, I had no idea. I had no idea that this guy did this. But this theme right. song, you know, you guys were talking about earlier about certain examples of games where you would just sit and watch the theme song. So my relationship with the original Turtle game was such that um, I knew it wasn't a very good game, but it just didn't matter. Right. Because yeah. it was the only Turtle game. And, and you know, we were like, so, you know, Turtle Mania was so huge and it was it was like anything give me anything i don't give a shit what it is like i need a video game so bad and you know we you know loved the arcade game and you're like give me something 
And um, this this game is obviously nothing like the arcade, but that's okay. You know, it it tried tried to be its own thing, whatever. Um, And so, despite sort of realizing it wasn't that good of a game, and I was I was technically disappointed. Like I wouldn't admit it, and I would just play it endlessly. And this is a game that I believe it or not never actually beat. Um, I could get to the Technodrome every time, and I could always always get like almost to Shredder, but I would always chump it at the last second. And I could, I did that a lot of times. Like I could, but you then would, you know, you'd only have like one or two tries by that point because the problem is in this game when your turtle dies, they're kind of gone forever unless you know where to go to rescue them. There would be certain sewers in each level that you could go that if you had a turtle that had quote unquote died, you could find them and essentially get that guy back. But really, you only had four four deaths per continue unless you rescued a guy, which you might die going out of your way to rescue that turtle. So basically I think the way everybody played this game is they determined what their order of best to worst turtle is. I think everybody's least favorite was always Raphael. And so Raphael was like your starter. You're like, if he dies, who cares? It's fine. Right. Just play as Raphael because he sucks. And if he dies, I don't give a shit. But then you're down to like the three decent ones and you're like, okay, then it's Michelangelo because he's just like kind of a worse Leonardo. So it's like, all right, Michelangelo's next. And then, you know, you really don't want to lose any of those three. Like that is really tough. But everybody knows that Donatello is the best. So you have to save Donatello, Mm -hmm. especially for certain bosses where he could he could there were tricks where he could hurt them and no other turtle could because his, his bow staff was just so incredibly like long that like you could the range was insane so you could there were there were like a few bosses where you could like duck on a ledge above the boss and shoot down and like the staff would hit the boss and you wouldn't even be in danger where any other turtle would have to actually go down and and risk your life you know to actually you know tangle with that boss so everybody knew donatello is the best by far and you had to like conserve 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 that that turtle so it was it was a very unique game but man i played it a lot and the music in this game is insane it's all it's all fantastic um and i think that uh that intro song was one of the first times that i heard like a cover of the actual song from the show but it's not just a cover it just has like themes from it like there are bits from from the original cartoon show and i thought that that was amazing because ducktales had a straight cover of the ducktales song and that was that was really cool and chippendale as well yeah okay yeah and chippendale as well so like there there were certain ones that like you know did that but this was like it's, it's like a hybrid. It's this weird thing. But I, you know, I started off saying, you guys were saying earlier, there were certain games you would just sit and watch the, the title screen. Dude, I would get to the point where I, I was done I, or I did a run at the game, which would take a while. And, you know, there's no passwords, no saving and loading, no nothing like that. You just have to play from the beginning every time. And, um, and you had limited continues. There's only like, you know, three continues or something. It's yeah. like, oh, what a what a brutally hard game. Like people always talk about the water level being the, the hardest part. It's like, are you kidding me? That that level is so doable. You just get good at that level. There is so much game after that that is so hard. Um, right, right. Oh my god. Like the water level. Who cares? The water level's fine. I mean, it was it was hard, but you know, you just get good at it. And it's like you still have like 
the three quarters of the game left. So like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. But anyway, so I would get to the point where I'd like game over or I played a couple of times or whatever and I was done, but I didn't want to shut it off yet. So I would just leave that opening on and it would play the music and it would play this, you know, just little animated movie where they would just show like each turtle one at a time, just demonstrating their weapons like whoop-de-doo on a black screen. And then there would be like a big graphic of that turtle and they would do one, two, three, four, and they would slam all the big graphics together. And like, it was just so fun. And it, that, that, oh my God, the theme song, that baga 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 and oh my god, I, I honestly would say that the best parts about this game are the music and honestly some of the graphics are pretty goddamn good. The the colors in the game are great. The overworld map screen I think looks amazing. Yes. Especially when you're driving around with the, the turtle van. Like it really looks good. I really like the way it looks. It's very colorful. Like the greens are so bright and I don't know. I really dig the palette in this game. But um but yeah, it is what it is. So moving on. X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, my second pick. That's my only Super Nintendo pick. This game is, is as Joe said, it's, it's, it's one of, you know, maybe people will disagree at this point. It's one of my favorite X-Men games, that's for sure. Yeah, it was no, definitely the, it is one of your favorite games, I agree. It is. Yeah, see, see <laughs> he knows. Uh, <laughs> listen to Grimm. <laughs> I just want to call you Smush. Um, <laughs> you so, go for it, I don't care. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, a very, very hotly anticipated game for me. As a Mar- Marvel Comics nut, a Marvel zombie, as you as it were, um, I was really, di- just like with Ninja Turtles, I was dying for there to be a good X-Men game. And there just weren't many good ones. Um, you know, the, the one for Nintendo is notoriously unplayably terrible. I mean, it's like a joke how, how awful it is. There are some other LJN uh, Wolverine games for the NES that are just terrible. Or maybe just, maybe just the one, actually. And then there was like a, another Wolverine one for... 16-bit era but it wasn't very good and then like the genesis one the first one's just in my opinion not a good game at all and then the second one i think hadn't come out yet but um i do i do enjoy the second genesis uh x-men of the clone wars but this yeah, one had a good was, title and didn't have any titles <laughs> <laughs> i actually was gonna look it up and i'm like wait 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 no there is no title screen. <laughs> it's the weirdest. Drops thing. you in, and then after the in. first level, you get the title screen. Yeah. Right. There, so there is one, I guess. But um, so yeah, X Men Mutant Apocalypse was a really fun beat 'em up game. I really like it. It going back to it, it is very slow, but there's yeah. still a lot I like about it. It just feels like you're in molasses. Um, but the graphics are just so big and good and colorful, and the animation isn't great. But man, is it! Is it like a gorgeous sprite game? I think, and uh, the the music is incredible. I adore the whole entire soundtrack. Oh my yes, god, the I freaking agree. soundtrack is just a fucking just full of bangers. And like the this has such a sound font, like the sound font of the freaking this era of Capcom Super Nintendo Capcom. It's like yes. the weirdest guitar sound ever. Like the electric guitar chug is just like the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. 
and I don't know. I just, I don't care. I love it. I love um, my other, my, my favorite songs technically are the Cyclops theme, Cyclops theme and the Wolverine theme. And yeah. then honestly, the, all the rest of them are tied, I guess. I don't know. They're all, it's such a good soundtrack. Yeah, um, it is. Top so, so, just. so good. So that was, that was composed by Setsuo Yamamoto, who also composed some really great games. He composed Mega Man X, the first Mega Man X, which is God tier soundtracks, yeah, so uh, Aladdin for the Super Nintendo, uh, a metric fucking ton of Street Fighter and Final Fight sequels. So he didn't work on the original games, but he did like Street Fighter Alpha and Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Final Fight Guy when that came out for SNES. Apparently that had its own soundtrack or maybe it just had some songs that were new or something. I don't know. And he even, believe it or not, did the soundtrack for Monster Hunter World 2018. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Which is insane. And I just happen to be, it happens to be the game I'm playing right now because I'm playing all like games that came out five, six, seven years ago. Because <laughs> I'm just getting around to a whole stack that 8 bit uh, basically had. And, and I'm just, I don't know, bogarting his collection. <laughs> so currently I'm playing, I'm currently playing Monster Hunter World. It's my first Monster, Monster Hunter game I've ever played. So it's so weird to me <laughs> that one of the games is that. For that exact game pretty funny um but yeah <clears throat> definitely near and dear to my heart monster i mean uh mutant apocalypse uh okay so we'll end with a mega man 3 as joe said you know arguably the best mega man game um i i think that that's yeah. a, a a pretty unpopular opinion but it's my opinion like i know everybody says too and we talked about this on the on the group last week there was a post i made and i think joe and i have the same reasons but i i just don't understand why people say that two is better like this game that did so much more um i mean music aside you can like the soundtrack better whatever but i mean it added the slide and it added rush and those two things alone are enough for it to be a better game to me personally but there's also the whole uh it was the introduction of proto man which is such a fun element to that game. And you're like, who is this red guy? Who's this new guy that like this new character? And it was so mysterious and you're really not sure. And there's no dialogue in that game. And they're just trying to tell you a story like, you know, just with cutscenes that don't say anything kind of, and they're just moments really. They're not even cutscenes. Um, like Protoman would appear and like blow up part of a level so you could continue. And it's like, and then he'd teleport away. It's like, yeah, you had, you had to like fight what? him briefly and then he'll. Yeah. Like, and then he'll help. It's, yeah. it's, it's just so so different and then of, of course later on you have the the doc robot stages and and that was a character that you know only existed in that one game and the idea was like all right you beat the eight robot masters but instead of going directly you know passing go directly to jail aka wily castle you um do not pass go in fact you you fight proto man in disguise as break man which is the only time he's worn that costume and uh, which is just like a different head basically Breakman. and uh breaku breakuman uh and then you would fight the or maybe i have it backwards maybe doc robot was first but doc robot was this new character and you actually played like re like new versions of levels that used tiles from levels from mega man 2 so you'd see like familiar tiles and enemies and stuff and then at the end you like 
say say this section was like Bubble Man or whatever. Instead of fighting Bubble Man, you see Doc Robot, but you see Bubble Man at the top of the screen and he like slowly descends and like goes in to Doc Robot, who's like, I don't know, I guess he's supposed to be again, they don't say anything. So I guess he's supposed right. to be like incorporating the programming or something of this or the ghost, maybe, or I don't know. Is there a ghost in the machine? I don't know. Um, so you end up playing the bosses from two, essentially. And oh, it's yeah. it's like so freaking fun. Like no I other Mega Man game. What weapons worked on what? Yeah, yeah no idea. Like, totally. So it's it's just so much more to Mega Man Three, in my opinion. But yeah. um, the music is like amazing. Whether or not you think it's better than two is is fine. It I think it's irrelevant. I think as as its own thing, uh, not not even comparing it to two. I think it is a phenomenal soundtrack. All yeah. the way through. And I love yeah. the theme song. The theme song, it's the opposite of two. That that it's such two has like such a metal banger at the beginning. That and you're just getting so pumped, and it's just the most amazing thing. And you're like, oh, I want to punch everything. And yeah. with this one, it's just it has nothing to do with that. Shit. This one is this epic like starts off slow it does a lot of stuff it's much it's a much longer song than the Mega Man 2 opening the Mega Man 2 technically loops pretty quick but um oh my god i i'm not saying it's better i'm not saying that i do i do prefer I like the it. Mega Man I 2 like intro but man yeah, i love no, it I so like it. I like freaking it much yeah you so like good. it better it's 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 definitely it's really good yeah Hot. It's so good. I always loved it. And this was the first video game I ever did this with. And I did it with some other ones. I remember doing it with Mario 3 where I would make a tape of the the level themes. So I would yes. I would just like set up my tape player next to the TV and play the different different songs and I would just record like a couple minutes of each one or whatever That's and I would the go in order. Right there. That's that the is original. This was, Shit. I think, the first hour that, that I did that with. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I would make. I will. Hey, it was my. Soundtrack. I made you a mixtape. I put Breakman <laughs> stage on it. It's not even a mixtape. It was just. It was basically. I was trying to make the soundtrack. You know that. That's it. I'm. I'm recording yeah. every song in the game in order, basically, in the order that I. I mean, I guess there's no order with the eight, but you know, it, it was really fun. I remember having a lot of fun with that, and it took a took a long time. You know, to go through each one and then do the Wiley stages, and I remember doing the password, and um, yeah, good, good right. times. Lots of, lots right. of amazing title screens to pick from. There are just, we could do ten more episodes with this same theme, and I would never run out of games to put. Oh yeah, really? To pick. No. Like, yeah, there's no. just so many good title screen themes, but yeah. even though it's impossible to choose, we had to. So, those are my three. Yeah. Oh, all right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Mega Man 3 is my favorite Mega Man game of all time. Um, like you said earlier, Steve, it's like, like this is the slide and rush, which mm. kind of like built on the item, the items in Mega Man 2. So he had, he had those ideas mm-hmm. with the, the rocket yes. and the, uh, the, the it's like a wall crawler up. thing it's like a platform, yeah, crawling like a, platform. Yes. yeah something like it was that. just item one and item two yeah there was an item three too that was the one oh, that, there was a uh, three. that floated up or something oh the balloon, was a balloon or something no it was, just, it was just a platform with the propellers in the bottom 
Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. I, I, think I remember that, there was a balloon that did that did that exact thing in one that, of the I think that was four. Four had a balloon. Okay. okay. Blue in the wire. <clears throat> um, I mean, four added the charge shot, which is the other thing. That is the last great addition to Mega yep. Man play-wise, yeah. I think. is the right. Like, that's what you need. You need the slide and you need the charge shot. That's why I didn't understand why they took those away from Mega Man 10 and 11 or whatever. It was like, yeah, 9 and 10. Nine and ten. I'm like, but why? Why did you? Shots. What? They yeah, gave the charge shot to Proto Man. It's like, why? It doesn't. Yeah, no. That it just it just really really went up my ass sideways. Yeah, it was really really weird. Yeah, Mega Man Four though. That's um, I credit credit the Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Grimm for uh, finding that game back when we uh, lived up closer to the New Hampshire border. There's a store called um, oh, it's 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 like Newberry Comics, but it's not Newberry Comics. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, unfortunately. Oh, Bull, Bull Moose? Bull Moose. Yes, that's what it was. Bull Moose. Bull Moose, yeah. Um, they had like a small video game section. And I guess randomly she came home with Mega Man 4 one day. And uh, God, this is probably like six or seven years ago. She paid $2.95 for it. Jeez. Oh, oh obviously, yeah. it's, it's not like it's not like Mega Man 5 or 1 or anything like that, but still. Three oh, bucks for Mega still. Man is still a pretty good, pretty That's good a, line. The modern, because like you know, still. age, right? It's yeah, That's absolutely. amazing. So, yeah. That was, I was like, pretty good. That just reminds me. Uh, I don't know if you still have it, but I remember finding a Blaster Master Worlds of Power novel and giving it oh, to you. Yep. yep. That was one dollar, and those I at a at a bookstore that clearly had no idea. Yeah. And those are expensive to buy. Yeah. Those did, did didn't you like collect all of those? I had a, I didn't have all. I had a couple of them. Okay. Uh, I, but it was I, like a I, dollar. I, I have to get uh, that. Right. Yeah, definitely worth a dollar. Right. Right. Next man, the apocalypse is. Oh my god! Like the, the, I think it's like the first time you can play a Psylocke. I feel. It's Psylocke and Beast. And Beast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Psylocke and Beast. Those are those are the first. Those are the new characters for that game. And yep. Gambit too. But again, Gambit was in the first Genesis one. Yes. Yeah. Awesome game. Which I think came out first. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure the first Genesis game came out first. Yeah. And um, uh go ahead. No. no oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say uh, TMNT. Um yeah, like I've never beaten that game either. I, I tried playing on the Cow uh, Cowbugger collection, and oh my god! Yeah, it's it's rough. I beat it once, it's so fucking brutal, one friggin' time. <laughs> and I was like, thank God, never have to do it again. Never, never again. I, I, I didn't even get to the part where you drive in the uh, the, the turtle van. I said, oh. fuck this. This is <laughs> it's it's seriously this. a game that you cannot play for five minutes. It, the only way to play that game is to honestly put the hours in and get yeah. good. It really oh, is. It's patience too. Yeah, like I, and it, <laughs> oh, I know, and it's it's really honestly hard now to have patience with old games. It is really hard because we are just so used to things being so dumbed down and easier. And you know, like I, I don't have the patience to start a game over every time I I run out of continues. Like what? I don't want to do that. Or even but, the, the beginning of a of a level after losing a life. <laughs> Like, oh my God. So yeah, I don't know. It it is one of those things. If if you're gonna do it, you really just gotta like just force yourself to be like, no, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna do this. And if it's not fun, then fuck it. Who cares? But right, right. to do it, like yeah, I mean, I I honestly haven't played it as an adult. To be 
perfectly honest, I haven't played it since I was a kid. I yeah. I never went back. I I I feel like I should. I feel like I I I feel like I should start even if I'm just using save and load and just cheating on an emulator. I feel like I should go through it and do and, it, and right. do that. Do but it. um yeah, it's it's just I don't know. I think I think for me besides the incredible bs of like you die with a turtle and you lose that turtle that is just oh my god that changes everything that is so rough i just hate that i mean i like that you can pause it and choose from that's something i didn't say you you can pause the game and just be any of the turtles you just select whichever turtle you want now they all look the same it's just the weapon changes and the the color of the bandana but i mean you know you can do that so that is kind of cool but compare that to any other turtle game you just pick your turtle and you have you know as many guys as you're going to have but you you keep the turtle so it's like right. you it it just makes you feel like you don't want to use your favorite guy it's the opposite of yeah, how it yeah. should be yeah. right any yeah. other game you like oh, well what guy do you want to be oh your favorite obviously i will i will pick my favorite right and then <laughs> in this game it's like oh i can't use i can't use my favorite what if I die with him? I'll lose him for the rest of the game. Forget it. I'll That'll never suck. use my favorite. Right. Uh, I mean, Tur- Turtles 3 uh, had the same idea where you can switch Turtles during gameplay, but it's like only after you lose a life, you had the option to try a different Turtle. Yeah, that was like a, a common beat-em-up thing that you, you could always just... I think pretty much every beat-em-up ever did that, right? Like once well, you I mean, continue... That, that after you continue, yeah, but this is like after you lose a life. Oh, this is... A- oh, really? Yeah. Turtles 3, when you lose one life, you can choose a new... Are you sure? I think so. I mean, I guess I, you're, I, I you're the expert it. on Turtles 3. You must know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that seems it. crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because usually it's like any beat-em-up. It's like, yeah, you continue and you can just choose whoever. You choose whoever, yeah. So I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. But I, I definitely... I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, the, tur- the turtle universe just worked as a beat-em-up i don't know Absolutely. yeah big time yeah worked as a beat-em-up the, the oh yeah that's right i wanted to mention the the floaty jumps the moon jumps oh, the God. super slow it feels like you are playing turtles one on the moon <laughs> absolutely they move so slow and their jumps are so high but so floaty and so weird and like oh yeah anyway i'm yeah. done it's <laughs> terrible yeah all right, so thank you guys so much. This was a really fun episode. I love going yeah. back and checking out like old tunes and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, yeah. All right. Now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. Hey, you like old games? Yeah. Yeah. So do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like they're old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. All right, ladies and joins. It is I, 8-Bit Alchemy, and I am bringing you an episode of Retro Nouveau. Ooh, uh, that is the, the segment where we spotlight newish games that look like oldish games, and hopefully you don't know about them so you can learn about them and be edumacated and then leave the podcast a wiser, wholer human. Um, so the game that I wanted holer. to talk about, holer, uh, holer so, the, 
so the episode we've been doing is title screen themes, right? So I, I had to think of some games that had an amazing title screen theme. Uh, and so I, I thought of one, and it happens to be Perfect Retro Nouveau. So the game is called Rivals of Ether, uh, which utilizes that ever fun word ether, which is spelled A E T H E R and is frequently correctly pronounced as either ether or aether, always. So I don't know. You decide. Rivals of Aether. Rivals of Aether. Um, it is a Smash Bros. style game. If Smash Bros. came out on the Super Nintendo and featured a humongous cast of colorful, elementally infused animal characters um, that all do all sorts of different fun things. And they the also have a few... Yeah, they basically are Pokemon. Uh, there, there's actually a couple of crossovers. Um, Shovel Knight appears in the game. Ori in the Blind Forest appear in the game as a character. Um it plays a lot like Smash Brothers. You beat each other up, you increase each other's damage, and you send them flying. Um, it's got a story mode that's pretty cool. It's got a very, you know, fully fleshed out multiplayer version mode like any good fighter should have. Um, and what put this game on the map for me, I had no idea about this game, but the soundtrack, namely the title screen music, really fucking sold me. Um, and that might sound like a stupid thing to sell someone on a game, but it's me we're talking about. So <laughs> it is <laughs> literally all I need sometimes. It's uh, so the the composer. Oh, you you want to play this game? Oh, I don't know. Okay, fine. So <laughs> you've got me. Uh, yeah. So like to preface everything. Uh, this game was composed by a composer that goes by Flashy Goodness. Uh, one word, Flashy Goodness. And this is a composer that I became aware of ages ago, like probably 15 years ago in high school. I learned about this guy who had made this this Flash game called Tower of Heaven, and people talked all about it, and uh, people loved the music from it. So I found the game on probably Newgrounds or one of those websites <laughs> that had these things, and uh, and I played it. And within five seconds, I was like, oh, my God, the music in this is sick. It's so good. It's like game, like the Game Boy, crunchy Game Boy kind of turbo graphics sound, but way higher fidelity, way more music channels, like rich, you know, multi-layered uh unbelievable sound and so i was like wow holy shit i i definitely have to just play through this whole thing and so i played through tower of heaven and thought it was awesome it's full of fun you know mix-ups and and some jokes and some you know expectations that get you know kind of kind of surprises on you but uh that's the last i heard of flashy goodness i mean you know time marches on you just sort of forget about this stuff uh and then you know fast forward to only a year or two ago when I found out about Rivals of Ether, which came out in 2020, so I was late to the party anyway, uh, and I saw that the soundtrack was done by Flashy Goodness, and I totally, like, the, the annals of my brain lit up, and I'm like, holy shit, I haven't thought about this in forever. This this person's name is so old in my brain. And, uh, and so I just, I sat down and I listened to the music on the spot, and sure enough, it was like 
perfect. It was like exactly the caliber and quality and catchiness and fidelity of that original stuff that I remember falling in love with from Tower of Heaven. Uh, so yeah, that's really all I needed. I, I bought the game and, and went from there and have had an awesome time playing Rivals of Ether. Um, not being a huge Super Smash Bros, you know, expert or anything, but I have fun with the games. Uh, I think it's a really fun game with great pixel art graphics and stuff. And uh, what's kind of cool too is that they're clearly, you know, building such a, you know, a fleshed out world with these, you know, this of Ether kind uh, of kind of realm um, that they, the studio has a new game called Dungeons of Ether. And Dungeons of Ether is on the Switch and Steam. And uh, it is not a Smash Bros. fighting game. It is actually a, like, dungeon crawler um, kind of turn-based game that involves some, like, dice rolls and having a, a deck of cards with different skills and stuff that each character can do. I think it's card-based. I might be wrong. Um, but it's like a, you know, one of those kind of games. It's like a dungeon crawler with numbers and stats and dice rolls. And people love that shit. And I like that shit. So um, that's super neat. Um, and that's kind of building on the same stuff. And it's the same guy. Flashy Goodness is doing the the music uh, with, with another musician uh, as well. So I don't know. I just felt like we have to, we have to, um, I, I want to play the, the title theme for Rivals of Ether. And then that'll kind of just be the final note on, uh, on this segment. And, and we'll just kind of wrap up the episode after you hear the song. So uh, that's cool. We will just uh, go to that song and you'll rock out for a minute and 39 seconds. And then that'll be that. So uh, thank you. That's been Retro Nouveau. Enjoy. That was really cool, actually. That was yeah. a really, really, really good track. It's like upbeat. It may like you yeah. hear it and you're like, "Oh, I want to." Uh, this is a fighting game. I want to play this game. Good. I want to. I want to get in there. I want to fight Pokemon. I want to fight all these elemental Pokemons. <laughs> I want to take on a Monday. <laughs> and so you did. Right, thanks for that eight bit. That was really cool. Also want to say thanks to our buddy Synopsis Grim, aka Boss Rush Mode, aka Mush Mushmouth Mode. I'm the Mushmouth now. Who's the Mushmouth now? <laughs> yeah, Greg. <laughs> thanks for coming back on. It was fun to have you. It was uh, yes. great having you as part yes. of our 100th episode earlier this season. So yep. it's cool that you got to come come on and be on a a regular episode because that one was kind of weird. That was like a ton of yeah. random a lot going on. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for having me on again, guys. It's a, it's a blast. You know, it's uh, it's always fun. You know, just catching up on some retro stuff. You know, it's absolutely. I, I appreciate yeah. you having me on again. 
Yeah, yeah we'll and, have you on again soon too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of you know perfect that um, Joe suggested you for this episode because mm-hmm. um, you know I know it's not there anymore, but like back in the Dizzy on YouTube, you know, you did have VG Tunes was your right. your big thing for a, like a while, a couple of years there. You couple were years, putting out, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you were putting out, um, you know, like a radio type show for playing video game music and um and you put a decent amount of work into that with like you know oh yeah composers and you know year you know details of the game and different things and you would have like gameplay footage that you would you know uh i don't know if you captured it i know a a lot of it was like world of long plays you would get their permission right and you know it was it was a a cool channel for sure i used to love just throwing that on because it was i i mean all of us love the video game music whatever like we all all, i mean maybe nobody loves it as much as as a bit i mean it's possible but (laughs) but you know it's uh it's something that we all enjoy quite a bit so that was that was a fun that was a fun thing back in the day and so this is like kind of like the perfect sort of topic so yeah when when yeah when joe was like oh you know I want to ask, you know, Greg to come on this one. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, totally. Like that's like literally perfect. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that make growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being part of the Unibri Art and Podcast Network. them too. Blah, 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 blah. Retro Octopus is a full-fledged member of the Dark Name Podcast Network. If you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, The Weekly Warp Pipe, Throwdown Thursday, and Comics Paradox. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorking.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Daily Crimes Coffee, Coffee to die for. I've been your host, Nintendo, and we are keeping it retro. Take care. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.